All right, I'm recording on my brand new microphone, and I hope I sound lovely. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Fantasy Football Interrupted, Season 4, Episode Number 10. This is the podcast for the every person looking for practical advice in managing your fantasy football team. And this wonderful podcast is hosted by a dynamic duo of regular dudes. Myself, J-Mac, and I'm joined by the illustrious... Alex K. Alex K. How do you like that intro, Alex? I think that was the best one we've done ever. Fantastic. All right. Well, I had to up my game after last week's... Very low-key bummer of a intro, so I was up in my game this week. All right, Alex, we have a lot to get to. It's another crazy week, a lot of COVID-related stuff, but first I want to lead it off with our fantasy talk question of the week. What's it like when you make a waiver wire bid and you lose it? How does that affect you and your strategy going forward? And I'm just going to double it up and say on the inverse, how does it affect you when you overpay for someone and then he ends up being a dud? So if I don't get who I want, I usually curl back up into bed, pull the covers over my head, and then I start the day over because otherwise it's a wash. Uh, I, I really am not happy, but sometimes it does work out that like I didn't need that player, and um, I think that's how I feel when I overpay. And you're also uh, under the covers at like twelve fifteen in the morning, like waiting, oh, yeah. refreshing, refreshing, Man. and then you're. One of those one of those weeks where like everybody's going for the same player, it doesn't uh, unload until like two fifteen in the morning, and I'm just sitting there waiting. I know, I know. They all process at twelve, but then all of a sudden, there's all this background stuff happening that it's so overloaded it can't actually process them for another fifteen minutes, and you're just sitting there waiting, looking at this spinner. I, sure, I know. Especially that's usually week after week one is a big week like that, and then you'll have that week four or five where there's a blow up guy or a big injury happens, and it's the same thing. Uh, we went through a lot of that last week, I think. But uh, finishing up what I was saying, the biggest uh, when you overpay, like I think that hurts me down the stretch. Like I'm super excited to have the person and I can validate it to everybody that I needed it for the win. But if I don't win and they don't pan out later in the season, it usually hurts me in the long run. I'm more of a person who does not prefer to overpay for one week flyers. When I make a big waiver wire bid, I want to make sure that it's somebody I'm almost investing in. And that's why sometimes I'm actually happy to lose a waiver wire bid, especially when you bid a good amount, but then you're like, oh, I'm not sure. And then you get out bid, you're like, okay, that's all right. I wasn't going to overpay for that much by that guy. So I feel good. I didn't pay for him. And in the inverse, when you overpay for somebody, I, I just feel terrible. And my strategy typically is to wait later in the season to pay more. And I haven't done that this season. I panicked early on in week one and week two, and I overpaid Benny Snell. I paid like $20. It has not worked out at all. I just cut him. So I'm down. I don't have much fab. In the past like three weeks, I've just been banking it and only maybe doing like $1 or $2 bids just to kind of get over that threshold. If nobody puts in like a bid, uh, I'll, I'll still get the guy, that kind of thing. So that's my strategy. Has that has that been working out for you? Have you been getting those people? Uh, some of them. You know, it's kind of been like a 50-50, 60-40 split where I'm getting the guys that I want. So, But that's fine. That's what I expect when I'm kind of going at that strategy. But that's where I'll take my chances and just see where the chips fall. And so far, though, the play. I have been getting are panning out at least that'll give me some good depth good to hear that is how we feel about our waiver wires and you know each week's a mixed bag but I, I say try to save your money as best you can so you don't ever have that overwhelming guilt for overpaying for somebody 
All right. So, Alex, let's move on into our top five weekly position player rankings. And I'm, you said you wanted to do quarterbacks, huh? Yeah, I'll start off this week with some quarterbacks. Coming in at number five, we have Deshaun Watson kind of shooting up there this week. Uh, we talked about this last week with the coach firing and bringing in a new coach. You said that they were probably going to be able to put on some of their best games of the season. And it sure does look like Deshaun Watson did that very much with 26 plus points this week. Moving on, we have Kyle Murray coming in at number four, which I'm a little surprised at because they, it seems like Arizona's having some bumpy stretches here with their offense, but they finally pulled it together to finish the game. Justin Herbert tonight coming in big. He he had three touchdowns, four touchdowns tonight. So showing some flashes from the rookie. Ryan Fitzpatrick, man. Fitzmagic showing up this week again with 27 points for Miami in an absolute stomper of a game against San Francisco. And then coming in at number one, we have Pat Mahomes. For the first time, Pat Mahomes. Pat Mahomes, man. He hasn't been up at this peak yet, so looking good, even though it was in a loss as well. But he finally, he put up a lot of 340 yards, two touchdowns, one on the floor, all around good week for him, even though KC lost to Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders. What do we think about the Raiders? Are they legit? Because I feel like we've everybody's been stopping me when I like start talking that team up. You know, it's they're they're a weird one, but they're hanging around, and then they have a big signature game like this. This is the kind of game that can kind of get some momentum behind a team like that. You, you you know what they did last year is that this was them the first half. So like they looked like this the first half of every game. And then they just stopped the entire second half of the game. And it seems like they've kind of put together whatever that was that was holding them back. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to take a look at some of the players from there. I know they have some injuries, so there might be somebody we can take some flyers, and we'll get to that later. All right, let's move into the wide receiver position then. Let's do it. Let's talk about the wide receivers. Uh, Right now at number five, we have Adam Thielen. And then... The next spots are all unrostered spots at Mike Williams with the L.A. Chargers. We've got Brandon Cooks for the Houston Texans. And then Travis Fulgham. Can you, is that his name? Is that how you say this? Uh, Philadelphia Eagle wide receiver? That's right. Travis Fulgham. Travis Fulgham. I've never said his name before, but hopefully we'll say him some more. Is this, uh, is this who they're going to target? Is this it? It's, I mean, they have nobody else to target on that team, it feels like, anymore. Rostered in 3% of leagues. <laughs> um, that speaks for itself. So, yeah, I guess this is the guy this week. He was that, the one who had the big touchdown at the end of the game last week to help beat San Francisco. So, all of a sudden, he become, he's becoming a Carson Wentz target. I guess chasing the dragon on this waiver wire pickup. But, and then, speaking of chasing the dragon, we'll, we'll go with uh, Chase Claypool. Uh, with four touchdowns, and uh, that's something that's incredible by itself and is completely unsustainable. Absolutely. I mean, I again, I watched this game. So the top two receivers this week played in a single game. Uh, I mean, uh, four touchdowns. That. What are you going to do with that? I mean, nobody saw this coming. Uh, 17% of the leagues he's rostered in, he's on the waiver wire. Wow. It's so weird to see that. Our top four are all on the waiver wire right now. So... Interesting, interesting things to look at. Do you think Mike Williams, what what about that? Do you think that's a sustainable measure there? I had Mike Williams off last year, and he didn't do anything for me consistently. Um, it's a flyer. You know what I mean? Like, I think he's sort of like that A.J. Green type that he can put up some big numbers, but for the most part, you're going to have to pick your weeks. And Braden Cooks, do you think just a change of you know leadership there is going to help maybe actually focus on him now, actually call plays his way, or do you think this is a... 
I've honestly never been a Brandon Cooks fan, even when he was with the Patriots. I just he whatever it is has never put together the long ball like he's supposed to, in my opinion. So yeah, I'm I'm not high on him. I mean, all these guys are worth a waiver wires uh, pick. I mean, I was actually probably going to mention Travis Fulgham and Braden Cooks. I mean, obviously, I didn't even know they were at the tops of the the heap here this week, so they're off my board now to suggest. But uh, at this week, the depth is look. Everybody's looking for depth, so I would take a flyer on any of these guys, but I would not overpay for any of them either. All right, we're hopping into the defense here. Five, we have Indianapolis, who's still going strong on defense. They're still at the top defense in football. Um, I mean, they're just pulling it oh, all together. So uh, I know you had you drafted him, you dropped him, and on our commissioner picked him up, so he's riding them probably pretty strong. Coming in number four, we have the Los Angeles Rams. Man, that's just a bit of a surprise. Again, it's only twelve points, but that's pretty, still really solid by a defense. Uh, coming in at number three, Miami. I mean, the whole Miami game, everything about this team this week, they just over excelled. Uh, you know, I, I don't know where this team goes from here. I don't know if all this stuff is for real or if it was just a downtrodden San Francisco team. That's hard for me to decide. Cleveland comes in at number two, a team that's really been starting to be solid and consistent here. And coming in at number one, Baltimore just had a giant week this week, 26 points. I mean, they just killed, they just demolished Cincinnati almost in every regard. They had seven sacks, they had an interception, two fumble recoveries, and a touchdown on defense. I mean, they, they just took it to them. You know, it's funny as I actually uh, picked up Cleveland as a waiver wire pickup and then somebody dropped Arizona and I was like, well, I'd rather have Arizona than Cleveland. And they doubled Arizona's points. So I should have stuck with my gut. Yeah, well, you were the one last week, though, who doesn't think Cleveland was like for real, but maybe maybe they are at least on defense. Um, yeah, I guess that's uh, that could be true. Uh, but yeah, I dropped him, picked him up, dropped him for Arizona. I've got Seattle as well, so I didn't. Uh, there, Seattle is like the perfect average defense. Absolutely. I'll just point this out real quick. Tangent on Cleveland, they go zero four, fourteen, five, and thirteen. So there's not real a whole lot of background there for you to trust them to over Arizona, who's been pretty steady at least, if anything. Absolutely. Let's move into some breaking news slash current events, and I think we gotta just by default have to lead this off with the devastating news of Dak Prescott, man, and that ankle injury. Just, I actually haven't seen it yet, but I hear it's nothing but nasty and I can't do nothing but feel for the guy. And then you got to get into the effect that this is going to have around the league in fantasy football. Yeah, I, I saw it. Um, and there were many, many tears and the players were also crying. It was very emotional uh, to watch his leg get um, held underneath that other player and then for him to hold it up the way he did and it faced to the right. It just Yeah, I was reading a few things about it uh, this morning and it's one of these injuries that people do come back from. It's like a high ankle injury along with like a double fracture or something like that, which means it actually like pierced the skin. It's kind of wild. It's going to be interesting to see how he comes back from it. Um, I mean, if Alex Smith can come back and play football, though, I would assume Dak Prescott can do the same. Yeah, but the point is, what have you done for me lately? What are they going to do for the rest of the season? This is true, and now you got to go with the uh, Red Rocket, Andy Dalton. Uh, do you feel <laughs> any kind of interest in him? Do you think that this offense is good enough for him to actually put up points, or do you think they're in big trouble? I, I saw none of him playing, uh, so I can't say for what he's going to do in the Cowboys offense, but with the weapons that they have, 
uh, with Zeke, uh, he should be able to succeed as a game manager. Yeah. Now, who do you think is it? Zeke just is going to benefit the most from this because they'll just obviously have to was given the ball more, even though he's leading. He's in the top three of touches per game of all running backs in football. So I don't know how much more you can really give him the football. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna lean on Zeke a lot. Uh, I think C.D. Lamb is the person, the wide receiver that benefits the most. Just because Cooper and Dak have a big connection already, but now this might be something different, something new. Do you think that Cooper is one of those people that he has to build the connection with the quarterback, or he's not going to be able to catch the ball for some reason? <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, I mean they have been somewhat spreading the ball around too, so it's. It, I think they're going to do that even more with. Andy Dalton in there. So I think the receivers overall take a hit a little bit just because I think they're going to spread more. Maybe the tight end maybe gets a little more action. Well, you saw that the tight end only got like one yeah, point. I know. So. I know. Talk about overpaying uh, somebody in our league. Albie overpaid like $17, $18 for him. And I, you know, I put in like $5, but Moving on then, uh, some other big news coming through the wire. Uh, the Falcons, the Atlanta Falcons fired their coach and general manager. So Dan Quinn is out of there. And I mean, after just another embarrassing game this past week. Uh, I mean, the Falcons are the only team that are behind when they're ahead. Yeah, the, the, no, no lead is safe with that team. It seems like they're still having PSD from that Super Bowl. <laughs> and anytime they get a big, it's always in the back of their mind that, that could, they could collapse and they end up doing that. And they do. So now there's a line change and hopefully that will benefit them. Cause like we've said before, there should be like a jolt of energy in the locker agreed, room. Agreed. I think if you're going to try to take uh play a little, you know, stock market here with uh, players this week, take some Atlanta Falcons players and stick them in there. I know Julio's struggling with some on and off injuries, but uh, take a look at Calvin Ridley. I even think Matt Ryan's going to have a bounce back week next week and can really look pretty good. And we'll see about the running back situation down there as well. Um, other big news coming through that I saw the NFL is supposedly going to be COVID testing everybody on game day. So that's all players. And then they have a tier one and tier two, which is like tier ones, coaches, the whole staff. And then tier two is kind of GMs and other player personnel, people in the stadium. All these people are going to get tested game day. I I'm assuming maybe with these rapid tests. Anyway, the reason I bring it up is like, this could possibly influence players not playing or whole games being canceled at a moment's notice and you won't have any time to react to that do you think this is worrisome as far as fantasy goes do you think that's even a possibility do you think this is just kind of a show to yeah like could you imagine having like derrick henry as one of your main running backs and then the morning of turns out you know he caught covid so he's not playing today. Especially if your running back already played on Thursday or if this is a Monday night game and or if you're if you're playing the Sunday night game and your other running back obviously already played earlier in the day, it really puts us all in a bind. So it's getting sketchy out there in our fantasy football days with uh dealing with this COVID. I mean they've already there's not gonna be a Thursday night football game this week because it's moved to Monday. Yes, because I believe it was supposed to be the Bills or somebody, I think, or one of the Bills versus the Patriots, I believe, or Kansas City versus the Bills. Yeah, actually. but then the Bills are playing now on Tuesday because the Titans-Bills game got pushed back again from Sunday to Tuesday, right. and there's still questions whether that game will even take place. The Patriots-Denver game got pushed out from tonight, Monday, all the way till uh, to, uh, next Sunday. And actually, maybe we should have made this at the top. Uh, we are currently recording this on Monday night, so we still don't have our full stats in from everybody because of that Titans-Bills game, but we're pushing ahead as I think everybody else is. True, and, and hopefully uh, it won't matter, but I have a feeling one or two of those spots may shift around after that game. Yeah, I know. I Here's the thing for me. I, 
Um, I have a lot of players on those Titans and Bills. Between all my leagues, I actually have a, a handful of them. So like a lot of my games are dependent on it. And I'm also playing against Titans players. So both sides of it where I'm waiting to see what happens for the opponent and also for me. And it's it's this limbo. And some of them I actually benefit if maybe we just don't play the game. I think I would just end up winning. So that's still a possibility. Oh, I agree. Like if you put in your backups, then uh, exactly. Same thing. It's a wash for me. I, I absolutely win if we do that. I'm almost like, oh, you guys can cancel that game. It's fine by me. Uh, so we'll, we'll have to we'll keep uh, monitoring that and maybe we'll uh, do an update after after that game on the IG. We have our injury report. The only other two significant ones, semi-significant, was Dalvin Cook went down with a groin injury. It's looking like it's not significant, so he possibly could play next week, but they have a bye week seven, so they may possibly hold him out uh, for week six. And then Sammy Watkins also went down with an injury, so he is definitely out for like another week or two at least, and so that could possibly be some uptick in targets for Kansas City. Finally, on your injury report, I wanted to add Keenan Allen from tonight got injured. I'm not sure how serious it is, but he left the All game. All right, well, then maybe Mike Williams is looking even more uh, more of a pickup than he was before. All right. Thanks for that breaking news update there, Alex. Let's get back into our top five weekly position rankings. And Alex, you want to get into the tight end position? Let's do some tight ends. My favorite position. I've always said you should start two tight ends if you have them. Uh, coming at number five, Jared Cook. Can you believe it? With 12 points, still nothing to go home and write about. Uh, Darren Fells, uh, also with 12 points at number four, unrostered 2%. if somebody wants him, but only rostered in 2% of leagues. So, that, But he also had a really, really long touchdown, so keep that in mind. That's not really something that's going to happen from week in and week out. Uh, my guy, Darren Waller, coming in at number three for the Raiders with 13 points again. I mean, these are these are – solid tight end numbers but they're still all within each other is kind of my point that i'm getting at and then mark andrews who is a baller with nine targets and six receptions and a touchdown with 15 average about 15 points at number two and then again somehow my guy uh travis kelsey coming in with 20 points as the top tight end of the week i know he was my guy last year and he was always a stud he always helped me he always was my baseline no matter what i knew I was, what i was going from him i miss that man i need to sell waller i need to sell waller for somebody that's that's the key right now people are itching for tight ends they're definitely itching for tight ends so i think you can make some movement there yeah i definitely want a running back if i'm gonna if i'm gonna trade away my darren waller the running back position for Josh Jacobs, Las Vegas Raiders, uh, coming in with 21 points. He had 77 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, that's what he's looking. What else? 23 attempts, too. They are running this man to the ground. Uh, yeah, absolutely. We talked about that earlier in the season. I think it would have had a huge week one or week two, and we said they're just going to keep feeding this man the rock. Uh, but they, they still have a balanced team overall. I mean, they have a decent quarterback and they have a few targets, a wide receiver, but the Josh Jacobs, this offense runs through Josh Jacobs coming in at number four is miles Sanders. And, you know, it to be for a little bit in the beginning of this game, he was not doing anything. They weren't getting much touches. And then he had, he broke off like a 70, 70 yards. Yeah, it was fun to watch touchdown run, man. He was, 
was just motoring. I mean, he hit that hole and he was gone. It was great to see. And then, oh, you're not wrong. He only had 80 yards uh, rushing, so most of them was in that uh, one big chunk play. Yeah, because then the other touchdown he had, he had two touchdowns, was just like a one yard goal line touchdown, uh, punching it in. So yeah, most of it was on that big run. But regardless, he got you your points, and we talked about it. Coming in at number three, we've got Zeke Elliott. All right, doing his Zeke Elliott thing with another 23 points this week, 91 yards on the ground, two touchdowns. Uh, Zeke doing Zeke things and probably going to do be much more being Zeke uh, with the Dak Prescott injury. So what he had, 19 attempts. I think you're going to start seeing like 23 to 25 attempts at least a game. So moving into number two, we have Todd Gurley. Wow. All right. I didn't know about this. Todd Gurley finally punching it in there, uh, popping up there to 23 points this week, 121 yards on the ground, one touchdown and another 29 uh, through the air. So got four receptions. So he got two extra points for PPR. So looking good there. That's what you want to see. This is the Todd Gurley I think you expected to see this season. He did look like the Todd Gurley of old, and I think it came from all the analysts and everybody that I've talked to telling me that he's washed up in the league. So, You know, I'm looking at this right now, just at his stats for the past three weeks, uh, 23 this week, 18 the week before, and 14 the week before that. So not bad numbers, uh, especially for borderline RB1, RB2, and now if maybe... I got him in the third round. So for a third round running back, Absolutely. And, you know, again, with the firing of the coach, sometimes there could be a big jolt to these type of players. So I I would... Todd Gurley is a clear starter in every league. And coming in at number one, uh, up here again in the top five, Mike Davis of the Carolina Panthers filling in for CMC mighty well. And you and I were a little skeptical that he was going to be able to reproduce what CMC does. And we're not saying he's doing that, but he is still putting up the stats that they need down there. So. Uh, 80 yard, 89 yards on the ground, 60 through the air, nine receptions. So you're looking at like four and a half, five points there just on uh, catches yep. alone. So another touchdown through the air. So he's doing it all down there. He's uh, running and catching. So the Mike Davis is a good pickup for the people who got him. Yeah. I wish I'd gotten him. I wish I had pressed harder for him, but uh, he was even on the, uh, uh, the, the waiver wire as a free agent. in one of my leagues where no one really pays attention. And like, as I was like, should I drop Marvin Jones jr? Somebody picked him up. And I was like, how sad that I had five hours for him to be on. Like it was like 5 AM and I didn't, Gosh, I wish I just pulled the trigger. So it's tough sometimes with these backups. You just never know. And then you overpay for some. And then other ones, they just fill in like nobody's ever been there. All right, what are we doing? All right, so we're moving into our weekly recap. And honestly, there's not much to recap because some of these games, two of these games are still going on. So I can't give you a final score. Uh, I will point out for me, I did wish I gave him a ticket to the dance. And that was... um, Matheson uh, of yeah there's no way you would know that except for the fact that I told you last week the cook got injured at the end of the game yeah the only thing was is that I put in because I have Tennessee players playing I did do an alternate and I debated between him and Brian Hill of Atlanta and I decided to go with Brian Hill for some reason I don't know why I guess I doubted Todd Gurley and I thought maybe he'd start kind of maybe coming on but Honestly, like I, I, I agree that they are leaning towards Hill as their next running back, but they also have Edo Smith. Yeah, so it, it was a hard decision. I just kind of carry Brian Hill as a backup flyer for these type of situations or bye weeks. Anyway, 
Matheson, we'll see. I have Cook's out next week. He's an absolute 100% starter for me next week. Anytime Cook is not in there because he ended up putting up, I think, uh, 14 points. He had still like uh, 77 yards and a touchdown. So he's, he played really, really well in relief for Cook. So if Cook's not there, Matheson is the, is the guy to go with. Uh, but that's that's the biggest thing I had. Uh, I'm trying to think, was there any other um, game time decisions that I, I couldn't figure out? I, I don't think so. Mine was Ruggs. I didn't put in Ruggs. He was on my bench, and I put in um, Gage instead. Uh, yeah, I'm not big on Gage. Somebody tried to offer a trade for me, and I just don't not sold on him, especially with the other weapons they have there. I just feel like that's too much to rely on. But but Ruggs, where has he been at on the depth chart, and how, how has he been performing this season? No, it would have been a flyer, 100%. And he got like one big touchdown. So you'll be in the same boat where we had a decision between an Atlanta player and somebody else. And we went to Atlanta player and it just didn't work out. You know, it started off, I had T.Y. Hilton in and he would have done better than Ruggs. And then I was just like, I was talking to Albie and Albie talked me out of it. He was like, Ruggs, you're going to, I mean, not Ruggs, but he was like, Gage, really? Uh, And I was like, yeah, I I guess I should. Because like over the two of them between Gage and T.Y., Gage was the higher of like, well, but, Alex, I, I don't think you have to question your decisions and your moves. I think you need to question your decisions on who you're asking advice from. That, that's your problem. <laughs> I knew better. It was still my fault. It was still my fault for sure. Absolutely. It's always your fault. You are the manager. The buck stops here. Yeah. That, that was about the only one I think I could think of this week. Oh, on in my dynasty league, I had a, uh, multiple decisions of uh, David Johnson, Miles Sanders, or Ronald Jones Jr., and I ended up going with David Johnson and Miles Sanders, which ended up paying uh, being fine because Ronald Jones, I think, got only two extra points than David Johnson. Not that those couldn't be big down the stretch of this week, but I was I was sweating it out there for a while when Ronald Jones had a pretty big week with Leonard Fournette down with injury. Also makes me look. It's, it makes me feel better going forward, at least as well. That Ronald Jones is is when he had the opportunity, he took advantage of it, which is a good thing. Um, did you have any other issues? Any other to sit start debates that you had to go through? I didn't start Gurley in a league actually, because like you're saying, I I have a very good core though. It's not like we were talking. Gurley wasn't doing great, and he had just had like a a 16 point game the week before, but I've got Mike Evans, CeeDee Lamb, I've got Kittle, I've got Singletary, I've got Dalvin Cook. I mean, I've got it. Okay, so oh, yeah, so you got a lot of flex spots too, so it's not like he's your number one one. I mean, I even sat Waller because I have Kittle, but I should have started Waller over Kittle. What is this? Like a, it's like an 18 league or something? <laughs> it, it's a 10-person it's a league, and... Uh, and Do you see the depth you get in a 10-person league? Oh, God, it's it's a beautiful thing. It's frustrating because I still lose, though, because auto-draft still does better than me because half the people are accountants. They're not uh, even paying attention. It's also tough sometimes when you have that plethora of choice. You don't know which one to start each week. You're having those sit-start debates, too. That's really what gets me is I've got, like, four like number ones on my bench because it's like I played the other four number ones. All right. Well, I will say it. I've said it before and I'll say it again. When especially in those positions, just pick your starting lineup and stick with them until you need these other guys or there's or they prove you wrong after like two weeks. So agreed. Yeah. The other league, same thing. I still have pending because I have a bunch of Titans players playing for or against. So we'll see how they all shake out. Do you do you have any finals or did you still kind of have a situation where you're waiting to see how things play out? 
I'm with you, man. Everything's like within 10 points or within 20 points, and we both have one person. Um, none, nothing's set in stone right now. I'm question mark and question mark. All right. So like I said, we'll try to update everybody and just see how the, this plays out tomorrow because, man, it, it's a weird one. NFL finally got it. They got their Tuesday night football. <laughs> Gosh, I mean, as much fun as that's going to be, it's exhausting to try to keep up. I know. I know. It's throwing everybody for a loop. All right, Alex, let's move on into our strategy talk of the week. And was there anything that kind of stuck out to you this week that maybe you want to take a look at for going forward? Uh, well, I kind of wanted to talk about like uh, burst burst players. So like this week, uh, we were talking about the Pittsburgh game being real crazy. Claiborne, Clay, Chase Claiborne got Claypool. Yep, thank yes, you. you yeah. Oh, I pulled to you. Uh, Chase Claypool got four touchdowns and it was uh, a rookie uh, setting mm-hmm. record, which I thought was really interesting. So he's probably going to be the number one. Oh, yeah. Uh, sought after player on the waiver wire. Uh, and I just kind of want to talk about the fact that I think that's ridiculous that if you would spend any money on a player who got four touchdowns. Yeah, especially, I mean, he's a first off, he's a rookie on a team that already has like a really solid number one in Juju Smith Schuster. And that also spreads the ball and also has a really solid run game. So this isn't a situation where they've been looking for a wide receiver or a player like this. And he broke out finally, or he showed flashes before, like this was his coming out game, but there was no real necessarily build up to this of like progression. And then you also have to look at the team they played this Eagles defense. And I said it before each week, they seem to be giving up one player just has a monster game against them. They had, I think it was week three. They had uh, Daryl Henderson ran all over them. Uh, last week, uh, George Kittle had 35 points on them this week. Uh, Chase Claypool is 42. So it seems like every week the Eagles are giving up uh, some big player. One player just like dominates them. So really you should just target whoever the number two wide receiver is. Uh, for whoever's playing the Eagles. That's- I said this before. I said I thought it was going to be more like the tight end or the running back because their linebackers are just awful, awful. Right. So it just sounds like a matchup-based problem. It sounds like one of those things that you just know. Yeah, but you know, then they held their run game in check. So it's, but then they always have one gap somewhere, and Chase Claypool is the guy, and they just could not find an answer for him. I mean, I think Chase Claypool is talented, and he does look like the real deal. But that's more of a dynasty play now than necessarily this 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 year in fantasy redraft fantasy football. Right. I'm not saying you shouldn't pick him up. I'm saying don't pick him up and think you're putting him into your starting lineup as your number one wide receiver. I 100% agree. I would say even if you can get him, even if you're not in a fab league and you get him, maybe even just hold him out, just see what he does. Yeah, absolutely. But just don't go crazy. Don't think like this is it. This is the next like uh, Calvin Ridley. This is the next Deon- yeah, Calvin Ridley or DeAndre Hopkins or Eldell Beckham. Um, th- yeah, there, and there's plenty of targets out there in Pittsburgh too that I think week to week it'll, you know, it could be anybody. I also think that uh, uh, I think I just lost my train of thought. So we'll leave it at that. <laughs> um, well, moving on then, we were also kind of riffing off of that. When you're looking at these players, you have these big numbers and you're kind of looking through your waiver wire and you're looking at the fan points. And Alex, you also brought this up. We were talking about it before where sometimes the fan points don't give the whole story. And who was the one player you were kind of giving an example of? So I've got I've got DJ Chark Jr. And I've been pretty happy with him. But uh, essentially, he's a 10, 10, 20 uh, rack uh, player here and so like his average for me is like 10 points 
a game, but it's only because he's had one game where he got like 25 points. The rest of them were 10, 10, zero and three. Exactly. And I think that's just something when you're looking at trying to grab these waiver wire pickups, especially this deep into the season, you're now looking at depth. You have to look a little more like trends and you should actually take a look at the breakdown of what you just said. They're week by week, because if that week one or week two game was this huge blowout game where they just, like you said, put up 30 points, that's going to skew everything. We talked about George Kittle last week. He had 35 points. It makes it look like he's having his normal average like six season. Six points or zero and points. And actually look at it. That was the only game he had above 20 points, I think. And then all the other games are either like, you know, zero points and, and he was also hurt. So it, it really just kind of skews everything. Well, that's it. That's uh, some solid advice there. All right. Uh, so I'm going to last end off with the strategy talk. The last thing I think going into this, I looked at our waiver wires, man, in, in a 12-team league, it is dry, like bone dry. Maybe quarterback, there's one or two people, but in wide receiver, in running back, in tight end, it is just dry. So I think trade, 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 trade. I really think this is a year that trade should be a bigger play at this part of the season. I think we started the show with the question, what do you do when you don't get the player you wanted? And I think you just answered uh, what you do if you don't get the player that you wanted on fab days you start trading see look how good we're getting we're coming 360 in our episodes now man just tying it all back together i love it way way to point that out yeah so alex that we were talking about he's going to be exploring some trades he mentioned it with waller like there, there's when you have some leverage players like that start using them and seeing what you can get because every team has different needs and you really can get something good for that and i think alex should explore that as well yep we're gonna try to do that this week hope you do too all right. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing that and seeing what you get out of Darren Waller. Uh, so, Alex, do you have anybody to recommend? Just one, two, three people. I don't care how many. I thought we talked about we most did. of the people um, to kind of go after, like go, go after your tight end uh, on the Eagles, Fogler or Fogler. Or... He's the wide receiver. He's a wide receiver. Oh, go after that guy. He's another one of those stash and sit. Yeah, Fulgrim. Travis. Tra- Travis Fulgram for sure. He's definitely he's going to be another one. It's going to be a high flyer. People get. It. I mean, look at we talked about it. Our top five, top four yeah. wide receivers were all on the waiver wire for our league. So there's going to be average. And Madison, I think in most leagues they don't have the intel that we do. So Madison should still be out there. That's another uh, running back you can go and target. Alexander Madison, yes, of uh, the Minnesota Vikings, the running back. And I'll just throw out there, he's probably picked up, so I don't usually like to throw these out there. I know Chase Edmonds of Arizona is not supposedly in a lot of leagues picked up yet. He is in ours, but if he's able there, because Kenyon Drake, I know, had a better game this week, but they look like they're kind of going by committee there. Also, I would say he did. He did. in um, Las Vegas, Nelson Aguilar might be somebody to take a look at as far as a depth guy. I just see he's getting a few more looks his way. I think they have a few injuries on their wide receiving crew. So even maybe just for the next week or two, he might be somebody, somebody to take a look at. And I don't know. I'd say take a flyer on Braden Cooks. I, I, Brandon Cooks, I, I think it's worth taking a look if you're looking for some depth. Uh, I I think we're flying our strategy of just seeing what happens. I wouldn't spend a lot on him, but I would take him as a flyer. Sounds good. All right, Alex. Uh, so is there anything else you had, wanted to touch on that we didn't get to this week? Uh, I think just remember that uh, we're in a place where COVID is kind of throwing everyone through a loop and just take a breath. You know, like it's just fantasy football. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, if it is every week will just be what it is. Take it in stride, and and we'll all be happier on the other side. Yeah. So we're we're all competitive. Obviously, you want to win anything you do, but keep in mind 
there are some forces you cannot control. And that's and that's coming from this man, the most competitive competitive man I know in any of my fantasy football leagues. So if he's saying <laughs> Very true, very true. <laughs> All right, Alex, where can everybody reach us at? You can find us at Fantasy Football Wins on Instagram with some tidbits of who you should pick up from week in and week out. Wonderful. And you can reach us at Fantasy Football Strategy at Gmail with any any feedback, any questions, anything else you want to just throw at us. Hit us up there and we'll talk about it on the air. Uh, Alex, where can they also reach you out for your outside your fantasy football stuff? You can find my jokes at Alex Laughs on TikTok. Oh, and believe me, you will laugh at those jokes. <laughs> and you can reach me at Jay Stravs on Twitter. Uh, so Alex, if there's nothing else, I'll catch you next week. Or and maybe we'll try to get in some Instagram posts with some updates as this week progresses with tomorrow night's game. I, I think we should do that. I've got one uh, loser vi- loser video that I want to put up that I think people. Oh will yeah, enjoy. I've heard about this one, and I- I'm excited to see it. So hopefully we'll be able to share it with everybody. All right, Alex, I'll talk to you next week, man. Sounds good. Good luck, buddy.